Thank you for turning into Astronauts Anonymous, where we have concerning concerns about nerdy news, one step at a time. <laughs> Why do we let you do that? Welcome to Astronauts Anonymous. Today is July 4th, Monday, and we're a bunch of morons, apparently. Uh, welcome to episode 3. We are, again, Astronauts Anonymous, giving you the nerdy news one step at a time. My name is Joe Bennett. My name is Vietli. How are you guys doing? <laughs> my name's Ryan. And my name's Alex. Welcome to this week's episode. God, why? <laughs> oh, oh, I've got a thing for this. No, don't. First topic. Oh, my God. Why? Why do I put up with this? I'm helping. So, our first topic for today... No, right. But I, I didn't... Think. No. Okay, well, what, you want to do the thing? No more... No. We're going. God damn it. Alex, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? All right. Well, let's actually just start this show, finally get it started. Alex, how's your week been? What have you been up to, man? Um, Pretty good. Uh, did a lot of interesting things. Um, Let's see, I played... Uh, two games actually with Ryan. Uh, one of which is in alpha alpha testing right now. Uh, the Forest, and then another game that's been around for a while, but I just came across it because it was on sale on the Steam sale for three dollars, which was Speedrunners. Um, I also saw the Purge election year. Um, yeah, and uh, and that's pretty much what I've been up to. Was Purge any good? I've been wanting to watch that. It is. Uh, it's worse than the Purge Anarchy because um, not that I was ever a huge fan of of the Purge cinematic universe, um, but it was better than the first one, not as good as the second one. I love the second one. The first one was eh, it was what it was, but the second one was really good. Is that because there was kind of a hero in it? He was the Punisher, basically. He was an anti-hero, which is basically well, funny. You have Crossbones being the Punisher. <laughs> yeah. And, well, he was a character who actually had, like, he was interesting, but he wasn't, like, cookie-cutter. You didn't exactly know what he was about. Um, And he had an actual arc, which was weird to see in a movie like The Purge, um, where he had, like, stuff that makes you feel things um, as a a person, as opposed to somebody who's just there to, like, murder people or survive or get murdered. That's what I liked about the first one. I don't know why they added human emotion into it. I just want people killing people. <laughs> yeah. I want to well, know, like, I would love if they just did a bunch of Purge movies but make them about different topics. Like, have have one be about straight-up murder and then have the other. I know this would not make very good cinema, but I would personally love it because I'm weird. Like, and then have the second one be about just a financial crisis. Like, somebody waits, a bunch of people wait, or hackers or whatever, wait till Purge night and just decimate the world economy on that one night because everything's legal. Um, well, uh, they actually, they touch on that a little bit, like very, very little bit, um, because this third Purge movie, it felt like I wrote it while drunk. Uh, <laughs> so it's where great. Ev- everything is surface level, right? So there is no, there is no depth to anybody. You got one character who's basically female Bernie Sanders, I guess. She's trying to end the purge, and she's like, we need to stop things. And then you literally have a bunch of crusty-ass, old, rich white men. And they actually say in the movie, like, and they're like, we gotta stop this senator. Like, it's really bad. Um, 
Bubba Gump is in it. Really subtle with that message. Bubba Gump is in it, and he plays a shop owner. And actually, the thing that uh, that they actually touch on is like insurance companies raise the rates on people's property the night before purge night, and if you can't pay it, then you basically lose like your business and whatnot. Um, so I'm like, oh, that's a cool concept, but they just speed past it because Bubba Gump is like, all right, well, I can't afford insurance the, the for purge night. I'm gonna have to sit on top of my roof with a rifle and then just protect it. Mm. There is a girl who is a, as a high school psychopath, I guess. Her only goal is to get a candy bar, a shoplifted candy bar from Bubba Gump's shop. What? I'm not making this up. She she tries to shoplift one of Bubba Gump's candy bars. He stops her, and she goes, I'm coming for you on Purge Night. And then she shows up on Purge Night with an AK-47 and says, I want that candy bar. Like, that's an actual line of dialogue? That's a line in the movie. Uh, I'm still going to go probably see it. Or or I am riveted at just the creativity this scene has, you know, brought up. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'll rent it. This is is a Redbox type movie. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't trying to, like, I mean, and and let's face it, if you're, if you're like, if you're a producer, and if you're cutting corners because you want to get this movie made, you know, as cheaply as possible, they're like, all right, what can we get rid of? They're like, well, we can just not hire a writer. And, then, and that would make sense. Like, you, you don't need a writer for a Purge movie. It's a Purge movie. Exactly. They're not the most highbrow of concepts. Yeah, so it has, it has like, violence. It has uh, uh, Crossbones, you know, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He, he's back in it because he was basically the, the only good thing that's come out of this Purge franchise. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's getting paid. And, yeah. Uh, oh, Omar's not in it, which... Um, um, oh, seriously? Yeah, that made me very sad. He was like the connecting tissue between all of them. Uh, wait, was he in the first part? Yeah, yes, he, was he was the main character in the first one, wasn't he? Uh, wait, I don't think he was. Or well, that okay, that wasn't no, never mind, that wasn't Omar. That wasn't the same guy, which I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, Omar, um, he was in the second Purge movie. He did the like propaganda talking about how terrible the Purge was. That's right. It was the guy that was working with him though, because the guy that was in the first movie showed up with Omar in the second one. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah. So it's 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 it was a popcorn movie. You know, is it's perfect for Redbox or Netflix. I wouldn't necessarily recommend anybody spending money on it. Um. <laughs> and definitely don't see it if you didn't like either of the first two Purge movies. Like, if you need a plot and character arcs and development, stay as far away from the Purge election year as you can. I definitely don't need that thing to enjoy that stuff to enjoy a good movie. <laughs> yeah. None of it whatsoever. That's right. You liked Batman v Superman, didn't you? I, I'm never going to say that. <laughs> Don't insult somebody like that, Ryan. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would say it's better than Batman v Superman because I didn't have to watch Jesse Eisenberg molest a corpse. <laughs> he brings up a very valid point. What about the games you played? What were those two games? Um, all right. The first one has been out for a while, but uh, I just recently picked it up, and it's called Speedrunners. And Ryan and I actually played it. I played it with a bunch of my friends. It's on it's on Steam for like three dollars right now. It's amazing. It will make you make you hate your friends for an instant. I already hate my friends. Yeah, and it's and the the premise the premise of it's very simple. It's a side scrolling racing game where you play a bunch of superheroes and supervillains who are racing each other. They're all speed based uh, heroes and villains, and you try to basically outrun everybody else. 
And one of the interesting things is that, like, you get power-ups to get faster, and you get weapons you can use against other people. But also, as the game progresses, the outline of the screen gets smaller, and the screen gets smaller and smaller, and turns, and the border turns, like, red and black and flashing. Um, but as the screen gets smaller and smaller, if you fall out of frame, then you die, like, immediately. Huh. So the stakes basically get higher and higher, where by the end of it, you just have this tiny little screen, or space on the middle of the screen... And you and the other person are just fighting not to get too far away from each other. Because whoever's in first place dictates where that frame goes. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, um, it, it's really fun, uh, especially for its... There's a lot of replay value. It's very competitive, so, y- you know, you'll hate your friends by the end of it. Um, and it's very fast. Like, there's no there's no delay. Like, it is speedrunners, and it it's true to its name. Yeah. Also, and maybe this is just me, but I feel like the main song that they play is, like, almost too similar to that action beat in the Flash TV show. Oh, yeah. That, 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 that. Huh? That was probably done on purpose. Yeah. Um, actually, I think I was playing with Ryan at one point, but I was just, like, like I was racing him, and I was like, Run, Barry! <laughs> um, there were but, a lot of Flash references going around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we were playing with Chris, and Chris uh, chose the most Flash-looking guy, who of was red and yellow. But he was a, he's a Russian dude, so he's, like, red and yellow, and he has a giant ball for a head uh, with a Russian star on it. <laughs> Oi, comrade, go fast. Wait, a giant ball like Jay Garrick? Like, no, like a ball, like almost like Mysterio. Oh. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then the main character, his name is Speedrunner, and he's actually the least interesting of the uh, all the different heroes. I actually, my favorite guy is a Falcon, who is a <laughs> fat dude with glasses and a mustache and a chicken suit. <laughs> um, it's embarrassing to lose to the Falcon. Yes. He's a fat dude that just sort of flubs his way across the screen. There, there's a shark called Gil, and uh, well, he's just a guy in a shark suit. And it's interesting because when uh, when Gil jumps, he he dives like a shark, like into the water. And when the Falcon jumps, like he flaps his wings. It's it's <laughs> it's a it's a fun, pointless side scroller. You know, there's not a lot, there's no plot or anything like that. Um, and then uh, the other game that that Ryan and I played was an alpha test, which is called um, the Forest. And the Forest it starts out like Lost. So many Lost references. You're you're in an airplane, your kid is asleep right next to you, and he has a little junior survival guide. And the plane crashes, you find you wake up in the middle of the wreckage and covered in blood to see a savage not savage, but just a he looks like an aborigine, but you find out later they're cannibals. He picks up your son and disappears. And then you pull yourself out of the wreckage and then you are on this cannibal filled island. And you have to survive with either by yourself or with friends using any any means that you have. Is it like a survival game? Or... Yeah, and it feels almost Minecrafty because you end up basically building stuff to help you survive better. Okay. Um, so you find like pots, and you can use a pot uh, and tie it to a tree and collect sap, and you use sap to like repair your stuff if cannibals come and start destroying. Because when cannibals come at night, they'll just start breaking all of your stuff. Hmm. Um, you, you have to you have to make your own axes. You have to make your own weapons. You can make spears. You can upgrade them. You can find flares, cloth, uh, suitcases. Just wash up on shore randomly. Um, there are caves that you can explore that are super creepy. Cover yourself in the bones of your enemy. He will. He will. Yep. Like, 
like freaking uh, the Lord of Bones from Game of Thrones. Yes. You literally can like craft your own clothing. Yep. You, oh, you have to because you you um not only do you have to construct armor to protect yourself from when you get attacked by cannibals, but also if you want to go to the colder parts, you cover yourself in like deer and animal skin to give yourself cold resistance. Okay, so this is a pretty hardcore survival game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it and it, it, it with the cannibals like attacking you at night, it felt very Minecrafty in that, and especially with like building stuff to help survive better like in, in the night. With, uh, but I'm assuming better graphics. Yeah. So, slightly better graphics. <laughs> uh, and it's actually, if you actually play on high graphics, it's really nice looking. And you run around, you uh, you can have parties up to eight. So this is actually really good for if you want to play a video game online with a bunch of people and you have a party that's like an odd number, you know, like five or six or seven. This can have up to eight people um, on an island. And then you collect stuff. Like, I made armor out of cannibal bones from all the cannibals that you kill. Oh, yeah, and then it, it, you can't leave meat spoiling because it draws flies and stuff like that. Uh, if you get covered in blood, you have to wash yourself in blood or uh, wash the blood off of you or else you'll get... <laughs> like, yeah, you, it's... Blood off with more blood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got, well, you got to do that Bathory blood bath. Yeah, <laughs> He's just trying to, like, like psych out the cannibals at that point. It's like, we're crazy. <laughs> this motherfucker's bathing in blood, though. <laughs> We well, um, it's funny because you can also you can come across like uh, you can come across like cannibal caches that they have, you know, like supplies and stuff. And you can find it'll say on it "edible human leg," and you can throw that on the fire with your other meat and stuff and eat it if you want. Yeah, nobody told me that before I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's yeah, it's basically. Kind of thing, but he was grossed out. Whenever anybody, whenever I go. Every when every time I, I run through like the forest, I go full native, where basically Ryan would be making something, my wife would be making something, and then I would show up covered in cannibal bones with like a stone axe, like hi guys, and then I would just have a dead cannibal over my shoulder, and I would just throw him into the fire. I'm like, don't mind him. He was trying to attack us miles away from here. Don't worry, I got him. And, and the quickest way to get Alex's <laughs> attention was, oh, I think there's a cannibal coming to our te- to our uh, our tent. And he goes, where? <laughs> Give me him. I'm just, I just imagining now Alex comes back at the camp, throws a body in the fire. Did you find another cannibal? Sure. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, it's really interesting, too, is, like, you see the cannibals, they make, like, uh, shoulder pads and stuff out of CDs. Like, they use CDs as, like, jewelry. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's one, there's uh, some cannibals will take a, a, light, a flashlight They'll hang it from a stick on top of their head so it bobs in front of them like an anglerfish, and they'll use that to basically light you up and draw you out so other cannibals can attack you. Huh. Some some cannibals will climb trees and they'll jump from tree to tree and stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, it's freaky seeing them jump from tree to tree. Yeah. And Alex responded by, "Well, we have axes and those are trees." <laughs> so, so I would chop down a tree. Burn the forest. <laughs> Burn it all down. I would I would chop wood in the middle of the night, knowing it would draw more cannibals toward me, because your your bone armor actually wears down very quickly, um, and <laughs> and this bone armor isn't going to make itself. So yeah, but it, it's better material. I need bone armor. <laughs> Alex, uh, point was to survive, not become a cannibal. What? <laughs> whoops, we're just... we're past that point, Ryan. <laughs> it's us versus them. <laughs> the goal is not to not be a cannibal. The goal is to be the last cannibal. <laughs> that's the secret agenda of the game. Yep. 
but it's it's super fun. Uh, it's an alpha build, so it's got tons of glitches and stuff and problems that it comes across. Uh, but it, it was really good to play, and it was really easy, like most people that um, could play, even if they had not up to speed computers. What was the name of this game again? Uh, the Forest. The Forest. And I'll the other game, the other the racing game is Speedrunners. What about you, V? What do you got after this last week? Ah, uh, man, nothing much. I'm still just coming down off of, uh, you know, you know, His Holiness the Dalai Lama visiting Indianapolis, actually getting to shake his hand and personally speak to him. You That's know, that pretty was awesome. really big to me. So, you know, um, besides being the, you know, the sexy radio DJ voice, um, <laughs> you know, I run a meditation group, you know, here in Indianapolis. So, you know, the topic of that discussion was just everything that His Holiness talked that Sunday. Or that previous Saturday. But no, um, actually, uh, I've been uh, following the new release of the new Magic the Gathering set, um, Eldritch Moon. Have any of you guys uh, played Magic the Gathering before? I've a very, very, very little. This was a long time ago. Yeah, I did once or twice. Okay. Yeah, I have also partaken in the magic of the <laughs> I've gathered magic. I am the magic. <laughs> okay, Magic Mike, calm down. <laughs> anyway, they've they've got their new story cycle, and it revolves around the plane Innistrad. Now, in the first release, Shadows of Innistrad, their their protector, their archangel Avisin, has gone mad and has started killing humans because she has she views them now as impure, and her primary function as protector of that plane is to Purge the impure. So the story goes that just one day she turns and she starts killing random people. So this catches the attention of Jace Balin, which is one of the other planeswalkers in this uh, in this story. And he so far. Yeah, I know. Nobody else knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> so just let me continue to talk. <laughs> anyway, he comes to Innistrad. And uh, he's trying to figure out what's going on. He's looking for the planeswalker, Soren Markov. And in Eldritch Moon, he finds Soren. Soren destroys Avison. There's another planeswalker that comes in and basically, I called you here! You never answered! So they unleash some unholy hell beast. And that that is basically the story with every magic set ever. <laughs> So it's just a rehash, basically, just an excuse to add new cards. It's an excuse to add new cards with new abilities, actually. Oh, okay, there you go. And an excuse to release previous creatures with new cards. Exactly. Ah, okay. Because yeah, Jace has been, uh, I believe, featured as a planes, multiple Planeswalker cards. Um, oh, there's there's that dragon, I think, that's been a Planeswalker and a monster, and then a Planeswalker and a monster again. Yeah, Ugin, uh, the spirit dragon. So it's basically uh, we can make... We, hey, we got ideas where we can make these characters better, so let's let's redo this. Right. But it's interesting because in the set Eldritch Moon, they actually release a couple of new abilities that haven't been seen in Magic before. Hmm. Uh, one of them's called Meld. Now, are any of you guys familiar with the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game? Oh, God, I haven't played that since middle school. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It was a long... Okay, long... Uh, okay, do you Is guys remember still around? Yes, it's still around. Really? Yes. I was unaware of this. Yeah, I remember Fusion a little bit. Yeah, basically the meld ability that they're releasing is just like Fusion. You have to have the two things that meld together in order huh. to form a new monster. And uh, 
And it has to be the two cards. You can't use card token. So they have to do a dance and touch fingertips together? No, that's the fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. So. If they go Super Saiyan and then do the dance, does it last half as long? No, it, it actually lasts longer. Oh. You know, but. <laughs> you know, that's one of the abilities, meld. Another one is emerge, um, where essentially you pay a certain mana cost, like five colorless and one blue mana, for example to play a creature and it's usually colorless but you subtract the amount of colorless because usually it's an ungodly amount it's like like anywhere between like you know 12 colorless or Dang. you know it's a higher it's a double digit colorless that you have to basically whittle down the cost to, you know in order to get out to play you know we all okay I'm the only one that still remembers the rule of mana burn where if you have unused untapped you know, mana you actually take damage for it. But, yeah, that's an interesting ability. So, And also, they're bringing back the devil-faced cards. Now, have you guys uh, seen the, the half cards that they used to have? Uh, this was something no. they introduced in the Kamigawa cycle. Oh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, they've actually reintroduced them, they've redone them, and now they're just double-sided cards. So. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Eldritch Moon, the pre-release tournaments uh, are going to be uh, July 16th and 17th. Um, find your local magic shop. You know, to sign up or, you know, visit, you know, the Wizards of the Coast uh, Magic Gathering website for that. Hashtag not sponsored. Yeah. Has, yeah. <laughs> Gotta throw that out there. Please. I mean, if sponsors. you want to sponsor us, yes, go ahead, please. <laughs> Wizards of the Coast, call us. Okay, but other, the, uh, the only other thing that I really had any notes on is uh, the Attack on Titan Season 2 release date. Now, Yes. Now, is, anybody, has any, is anyone here unfamiliar with Attack on Titan? It's one of the few an new animes that I've watched. Like, I have not been in the anime in a long time, like, actively anyway. Like, I'll watch something every now and then, but Attack on Titan was the last thing, and I was like, this is really good. I really want to watch this episode to episode. Okay, well, it's set in a world where humanity lives inside cities surrounded by enormous walls that guard them from these humanoid titans that seem to just pick them up and eat them for no reason. Um, they're tasty. Yeah, you know, I mean, have you seen these titans? I mean, they... They're delicious looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. But anyway, it revolves around three characters. <laughs> Look at Ryan's face right now. Is there something wrong, Ryan? No. You don't want to talk about Tasty Tasty Villagers? No. I'm, uh, it's delicious looking. Yeah. It's a uh, scrumptious. After that and the forest, <laughs> seeing Alex go all hellion on... Uh, Fucking Aborigines, yeah, I'm good. Okay, which one of us, ha has any of us not seen Attack on Titan? I actually, I'm familiar with the anime, but I have not seen it. I Get with the it. times, both of you. Oh man, I've watched the entire first season. Oh, it is, it is amazing. It's on my Netflix to watch list. Well, it needs to be on the, you, Netflix tells you you can't watch it anymore because you've watched it 15 times. <laughs> um, I actually, I have a question about the uh, Titan universe. Sure. When the Titans aren't attacking the city, what do they do outside, like, they the city? They don't know. They never really released that Not in the anime. Yet. They haven't They haven't alluded to anything in the manga, either. Um, I do know that the Titans are born a certain way, and it has something to do with a great war that was waged 20-some uh, 20, years ago before the Attack on Titan series started. Mm -hmm. So the Titans are only about 30 years old? Yeah. At least that's from what I understand. I'm probably wrong on that. How old is the wall? Uh, they, those walls are pretty big. 
thought they built the walls because of the Titans, though. They did. Um, Within 30 years? It was, a, it was an emergency situation. It was an emergency situation. <laughs> suddenly showed up and dwindling fast. So we, with our last known city, really, we built the wall as fast as we could. There's a series of three walls. Yeah. The outer wall, which is uh, uh, wall Maria, and then the two inner ones. The, The innermost is where the government is centered. Yeah. The second one is where all the military and, like, you know, police... And you know, citizens live. And the third one is where the peasants yeah. are basically left to die. We don't care so much. If, if we don't care so much. It's They're like down. really uh, just makeshift canaries in the coal mine. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> the peasants are screaming. I think the titans are coming. Right. Anyway, there's been um, because originally season two was supposed to be released October of this year. But for some reason, it was actually pushed back to September of next year. Now they've done, they've released several different like you know side stories. Um, uh, Lieutenant Levi, who is an absolute badass. Yeah, Levi um, was pretty awesome. Basically, has his own movie explaining how he became a member of the infamous Scout Regiment. And if you haven't seen that, I highly suggest watching that as well. Wait, it's like a separate movie? Yeah, it's a separate movie. I've not heard of this at all. Well, it's only been released in Japan, so I've watched it with the with the English subtitles. Okay. Still freaking amazing. I'll, we'll have to check. What's it called? Uh, Attack on Titan. You know. Titan A. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, Joe. I have some concerning concerns about your movie references. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, that's gonna, but anyway. that's gonna be the show now for this episode, isn't it? <laughs> the concerning concerns. Yes, our concerning concerns. Shonuff is, like, sleeping. I know, he's adorable. Shonuff is adorable. Look, Thank Shonuff. you all for voting on that name, by the way. Yeah, all seven of you. Fuck you. Hey, hey. The <laughs> voters have spoken. Votes. But anyway, that's uh, that's really all I had. You know, Magic the Gathering. Attack on Titan release date. I mean... Now, on a semi-Magic the Gathering note, um, for those of you who play Dungeons & Dragons... They actually recently released a plane ship Zendikar, where they actually took a bunch of characters and races from Zendikar and converted them into 5th edition. Huh. Oh. That's interesting. What? Yo, you guys didn't know that? You'll have to explain that, I think, a little bit more for me and Ryan. Because, I mean, I, I play D&D, but I have no idea about the cards or... Yeah, I've only played D&D with you, and uh, you never implemented them, so... Well, this is, this is very new. Like, I want to say it came out, like, maybe a month or two ago. Uh, but Magic the Gathering, obviously, you have a bunch of different creatures, right? And then often creatures will be based into different color types. Humans are often planes magic, you know, you've got goblins for red. Well, they took a whole bunch of these Magic the Gathering creatures, and they converted them mechanically over into 5th edition rules. Huh. So, so uh, the vampires from Zendikar are actually a playable race in this release, and they again, they converted it to 5th edition rules. The, the different elves have been converted into from Magic Gathering have been converted to 5th edition. Uh, the merfolk were converted to 5th edition. Um, goblins became a playable race, which was... Uh, I That was the most interesting to me. Really? The goblins? goblins are a playable race now? Goblins are a playable race. 
Which I that one time when I was actually a lot younger, we the our DM when I was a kid, he just made it randomly and made up a sheet for goblins. So I played a goblin basically. He didn't like you. No, it was actually pretty funny. <laughs> it was a pretty fun character to play as. And I did want to say I apologize to the listeners if anybody hears like pops or whatever in the background. We are recording July fourth. Um, so just FYI, that is what that is. Normally we record on Sundays, but because holiday week and everything, we're recording on Monday here this week. So if you hear that, just ignore it. And if anybody hears a gong, unless you don't even know if it's done, I don't. You can but still I like to use the gong. <laughs> I'm sorry, the gong is spoken, so we're on to the next topic. (laughs) Are you legitimately done? Yeah, that's all I have for today. See, the gong spoke. But but since we're on the slightly on the subject of D and I like the fact that they have goblins and non typical races in uh, as as options. I've always been a huge fan of that, mainly because especially if any, I don't know if you guys read like Forgotten Realms or any of the literature associated with. That's the most popular D and D setting. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, it's it. If you actually sit down and read, especially any like the Driss Jordan books, it's hell racist. Like, <laughs> like straight they, up, they they actually in the Forgotten Realms, all of the black elves are magically forced to be evil. <laughs> no, and this the, is the thing. I know this is the thing. They're just saying. This. And 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 it all started so, when the evil yes. black elf goddess stole a tribe of elves from the good white go- elf god. Because he was sleeping with another woman that wasn't the black elf goddess. So she got scorned and was like, alright, well I'm going to take a tribe of elves and make them black and evil. So not only is it racist, but it's also misogynistic. Oh, super duper. Uh, the the main character in uh, Forgotten Realms that gets a lot of attraction, well, the two main characters, you have Driss Duerden and Elminster, and they're both like, they sleep around all the time, and they're obviously, like, Driss is an awesome warrior, he has two scimitars in a magic jaguar, and he defeats mages with his swords, and it's super dumb. He has he has 14 or 18, 30 million books about him, and they all they're all the same thing. It's all him winning and defeating everybody. So and it's a massive Mary Sue, basically. And there, there's actually a short story with him in it where he's murdering orcs like just willy nilly all over the place, and has a whole philosophical conversation about whether or not orcs are racially capable of being good. Who is the and author? That's R. A. Salvatore. My nemesis. <laughs> of course, it would be Salvatore. <laughs> yeah. Where his they have a thing where they're like they're like it's it's smacked so hard of Rudyard Kipling it just it just really bothered me and and it's stuff like that like the unsettlingness of it how they're just like all dark elves are evil except for Drist who's the one good dark elf. It's his one black friend, you know. <laughs> yeah. To which I'm thinking the something that's always bothered me. If you're a if you're a city if you have a city and everybody's evil do you fix the roads? Because that would help people like surely you'd want to hurt their feet but you know but if you don't fix the roads then you're not going to be able to move wagon trains so like it's how do you have just an all evil city? How does an all evil city know they're evil? You know what I mean? I guess it depends on how they define evil. Well, in, in Forgotten Realms, they have very much a evil. Like, if you're evil, you have to hiss, you have to be into, like, necromancy. <laughs> so they're cartoon villains, basically. Yeah. But not even... Cartoon villains. 
I know because that, that's honestly an insult to cartoons like uh, like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, Saturday yeah. morning ninety yeah. cartoons. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So very much like like something you've seen in X Men. You know, like yeah. you know, the the Sentinels or Magneto. Well, yeah, sorry, that was, that was my little tangent. I apologize. Uh, no, no, it was a good tangent to go on. That's because... a great tangent, because I have zero topics to bring up, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking we're just skipping Ryan this this week. I was sick as fuck, and I took care of a kitten. End of topics. Yeah, that's, a good, that's some good topics. Um, Ryan, I believe you mean to say you were sick as flip. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. There was flip happening with my sickness, and not fuck. I mean flip. Fuck. I fucked up. Fuck. All right. You you flipped up, sir. I'm going to beep this one a lot. <laughs> you 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 flippity flipped this up some good, Ryan. Uh well you just messed up cuz I'm going to beep all that make it sound like you just <laughs> Oh, Ryan, you need to for any time someone says a curse word, you need to make the gong sound. Oh, yeah. Like find a digital gong like ding. You mean like this? Joe's your turn. Why? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> enjoyed my holiday weekend. Uh, I went down to Louisville, uh, visited my sister, and pretty much spent the entire weekend getting tackled by a two and a three year old. Mm. That was fun. Um, I know they're adorable, so that was really that was it was all right. We watched a lot of Zootopia. I've now I've never seen Zootopia until this weekend. Now I have seen it at least five times. Is it good, though? Yeah, Zootopia's actually really good. It's actually surprisingly good. By and large, Disney's actually ha- starting to have a better track record than Pixar. Yes, Whoa. they are. Yeah. Wait, did you say Disney's about to starting to have a better track record than Pixar? Yeah, than Pixar. Yeah, well, because they are separate studios. Wait, what's like that? They're, they're, they're part of the Disney... They're all part of the House of Mouse, but you have Disney animated films, and you have Pixar animated films. Oh, true, yeah. Yep. Um... But, yeah, other than that, I've been kind of an older game, but I've been playing a lot of Mad Max. That game is surprisingly... Okay, I can't really say it's good, but for some reason it's really compelling. I love just playing it. It's one of those games that you can see what they were trying to do, and it has a lot of potential, but it's really, really repetitive. Like, there's not really much to it. You keep doing the same thing over and over. Like, you'll go right to camp beat all the bad guys, blow some things up, rinse, repeat throughout the whole thing. But for some reason, I'm on this thing where it's really fun to just drive around the environment. The environment of it is really beautiful. It's kind of... Well, it's kind of like the movie, how there wasn't really much to the movie itself. Yeah, I don't remember the environment being beautiful. I remember it being a desert wasteland. It is. Well, no, but still, the cinematography in that, that, that's exactly the point. It's... It's a very desolate desert land, and there's not much to it, but the way it looks, like, it's a very beautiful film to watch. Like when Nux uh, looks at the giant storm, like the giant yeah. nuclear storm. And then they actually have that in the game, too. Like, randomly, there'll be storms that will happen. You have to find shelter. I actually, I can't think of a cinematic universe more deserving of an MMO than Mad Max. Actually, if you think about it, Mad Max would be the perfect setting for, like, a massive MMO. Like, you, you, except I would say, don't have, like, levels or anything like that. You're just scrounging for stuff. But you could throw random villains. You could have the doof wagon, you know, and a giant wagon train of people in cars that people have to try and hide from. You could, And it could just be chaos. You don't have to, like, explain why some areas are weird and some are weird in a different way. But it'd be difficult because you couldn't have very many people on a server then because that's kind of the point of Mad Max is that 
the only crowded place in the entire Mad Max universe so far is the from beyond Thunderdome. Well, there's also the, the town in uh, Fury Road. That's that was, true. That's that was pretty cool. Yeah, but for the most part, like... And, and actually, uh, one thing that you could do in a Mad Max MMO that would totally make sense is have cities rise and fall all the time. That That's true. That is very true. But no, it's a, it is a really fun game because you will you make a car the the black on black of course the interceptor gets stolen at the beginning of the game, and so your whole thing is you're trying to get that car back so you build another car, and you're driving through this this desert world, which is just really fun to do. There's not much to do and you keep doing the same stuff over and over again, but it's just it's nice to just cruise around. And there's a lot. I wish that this game was popular enough where it would get a sequel because, again, you could see where they're going with it, but there's not enough to do in it. And so if they fixed it up, they polished it up, and they made more missions and stuff, it'd be a much more popular game. But it just, again, not not much in the game itself as is. Um, other than that, I, I did download this War, War of Mine on the Steam sale, I got it for five bucks, which was great, but I've yet to get a chance to play that, but I've heard nothing but good things about that. Um, other than that, that's pretty much been my week. All right. Yeah. Uh, now, um, how fun would you say Mad Max is compared to, like, Fallout 4? Well, right now I'm just trying to concentrate on not choking Ryan right now with his gong. So, you don't want to choke my gong. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, I think I speak for the group when I say this is gong on long, long enough. Wow. <laughs> wow, Alex. Okay, with all these gong references, I have some concerning concerns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what was your question though, Alex? Uh, how would you compare Mad Max to a game like Fallout 4? Because they actually have very similar settings. I've not yet played Fallout 4. Oh, have you played any of the Fallout games? Yes, I have played Fallout 3. Um, oh, that's apples and oranges, because in all honesty, Fallout 3, there's, it's still pretty, yes, you're going through a wasteland, but you can't really go very long before you'll end up meeting somebody. In Mad Max, like, you'll see some random cars or, like, one person out in the middle of the desert, but unless you specifically go to a village or, like, a little camp that you find on the map... You can go across the entire map and not run across a single person. Oh wow! Yeah, it's interesting. Like they'll they'll have like every now and then you'll see a convoy go by or just like one or two cars, and you can choose to just ignore them if you want to, or they'll sometimes chase you. Um, but it's it's very different. Like again, you don't have to do anything in that game if you choose to. You can go through the main story. And there's not much else besides the main story. But the rest of the world, it's a very... It's beautiful in the fact that there's very little to the world, I think. Like, it's just this open desert. And you can just see that the world has burned, basically. Yeah. And uh, I, would, I would actually... I would probably say that the Fallout universe is very much uh, an, an homage to the Mad Max like universe. Oh, yeah. Very much so. To, which I think Bethesda has said that they could never have a game really take place in Australia, specifically because they would get sued by Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's basically my week. So now, 
we are on to actual topics. So the first thing that... Oh, God, Ryan, if you do it, don't hit the gong. He's not going to do it. <laughs> now I kind of feel bad. Ryan just gave you like the saddest look ever. Gotta, he's not able to hit the gong. You've got to trust him. Go hit the gong, Ryan. His eyes lit up like the floor. I know, he did. He was like a little child that just like woke up on Christmas morning when I told him to get at the gong. <laughs> and he got his Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> Ryan's eyes lit up the way that mine did whenever I saw a cannibal in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Your eyes glow red, man. I didn't even know that was a skin you could get for your character. Yours did it. <laughs> oh, I did actually, going back then, actually, I did want to talk about one other thing. My, my niece... Uh, my sister got her this. It's it's a Viewmaster. Remember the old Viewmasters that we had as kids? Yeah. Like those little discs you just put in, you hit the lever. Yeah. Yeah, they were awesome. Apparently, Viewmasters now are just VR headsets. Oh it's, yeah, I saw those. Yeah, it was basically like this little cheap plastic VR headset that you would put your phone in, and it has like it looks like the old disc that you would have from. The old Viewmasters, but you look at it right. through the thing. And it's like a 3D and environment. And it starts this whole, like, mini-game thing. It was actually really fun. Huh. So instead of, like, I don't know what's really different between that and, like, the the Samsung VR headsets that you can buy. It sounds like the Google Cardboard. Almost. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And they're cheapish. Like, instead of spending $100 on whatever it is, just strap a little... Thing to that, and you got the same thing. Yeah. I, I don't know, but that it was actually pretty fun. Uh, but moving on to actual topics, the first thing that we have on the docket today, uh, we have a new D and D movie actually coming out. Awesome. Yes. Uh, it's they're saying that they've learned from the mistakes of the previous D and D movie, which I don't know what mistakes they're talking about because that movie was great. Uh, are, are, <laughs> wait, are the movie? Are they implying that Jeremy Irons? perfect performance had flaws and what was marlon waynes as the yeah thief? oh perfectly cast exactly perfect which the black guy's got to be the thief of course of course <laughs> well because this is D D, and remember a lot of D stuff that we've mentioned is incredibly racist yeah which actually they did say that this this one is going to take place in the forgotten realms i think they're they're drawing from that um, the writer of this is David Johnson. Uh, apparently, he's a big D and D guy. I don't know anything about him, but he codenamed it uh, Chainmail. Which, for those of you that don't know, Chainmail was the original name that Gary Gygax gave his game. It was the prototype, basically, for D and D. So the fact that he codenamed this one Chainmail shows a little bit that he knows what he's talking about. I don't know how well it's actually going to translate, but... Huh. Do they have a director attached? Uh, no official director right now. Um, but it is, it's going to be Warner Brothers now. Warner Brothers has been fighting for the rights forever. Oh, well, they haven't met completely and royally messed up any... <laughs> any nerd culture. I, I, for one, would love it if Zack Snyder directed a D&D movie. <laughs> Oh, that would be perfect. 
I can actually see that. The funny thing is, <laughs> and and I want Jeremy Irons doing back doing action scenes this time with Zack Snyder directing. He should at least have a cameo. I think. What what I loved about Jeremy Irons performance, and I really do, I love seeing him in the old D and D movie. Is he he looked around on set. He knew exactly what kind of movie it was, and he's like, I'm going to ham this up to 11. (laughs) That is the truth. Oh, my God. And, like, the least hammy... Well, no, no, not even the least hammy, but in the previews, they would just zoom in on Jeremy Irons. Now is your time to die. Like, he wants the evil dragon rod. It's it's amazing. Actually, if they could remake it using all the same actors and just a bigger budget... With Zack Snyder direct it, directing, I would love for this whole thing to crash and burn. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the whole reason you want a D&D movie. Not because you actually legitimately want a D&D movie, but because you just want to see it fail miserably. Well, and, I mean, let's let's be clear. I love D&D. I, I DM all the time, like Ryan can attest to it. Um, and I, I love running games. I, I love creating, like, universes. Every single time they've tried to make a D&D movie, it's been met with some kind of hardship. Either they can't get released, like, for the, or like you know, movie theater releasing, like they did for the sequel, or the original one, you run into budget and script problems. They made three of those movies. Oh, have they made three? Yeah, yeah. there was two directed to DVD or direct to sci-fi channel movies that they made. I, I just remember Wrath of the Dragon God. That um, was a direct-to-DVD release, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it had the one of the bald guy who was also yeah. in, in the first D&D movie. Um, which, oh man, that guy hams it up too. Yo. Holy, ca- holy cow. All the way to 11. I think yeah. everybody in that movie did. Uh, yeah, and so, I mean, I, I'm cautiously optimistic for any, any D&D movie, especially in the hands of Warner Brothers. <laughs> especially in the hands of Warner Brothers. Well, you know what? That is not the only great film, though, that is scheduled to come out soon. Because that is the other topic I have, because since we're talking about movies, most of this is actually movies news this week. There's not much else going on. Um, Moving pictures! Yes. But they are also making one of the greatest video game movie, or video games ever into a movie trilogy, actually. Tetris. The movie. Not only the movie, the movie trilogy. They have so the, it out. The, the Tetris Cinematic Universe, thank you. Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> Apparently, How I the that's the question right now. And that's the whole thing. They I was reading a couple articles and this week about it. And what writer had the balls to say, I'm taking this video game about blocks and making a trilogy? Apparently the writer whose apparently name I forgot to write down here, but he's going for a sci-fi theme. And what he keeps saying, he, he keeps saying, he said this in several interviews I, I've read with him. He's just like, I'm so glad everybody thinks that and doesn't know, like, and everybody's like, how in the world is this going to be a thing? Because it's going to be something nobody will ever expect. And it's going to be great. So my guess is somehow it's going to be aliens and they're going to drop something down and it's going to be really... Pixels? It's going to be yes, pixels. Yes, it's going to be pixels. Oh, no. But he, <laughs> it, he's been talking up so much, and he's been so excited about this film, that, again, he's written it as a trilogy, and he thinks it's something that nobody's thought of, so basically that translates to me that he is overly enthusiastic, and he thinks it's more amazing than it's actually going to end up being. Oh, kind of like battleships? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I mean, like that. Anybody Ooh, can we have Liam Neeson be, like, the line piece? 
I don't know who and you Rihanna. are. Rihanna. Rihanna shows up as as top billing, and she yes. Asks, when the when the final line piece like slides into place, she just goes boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. I don't know why they like if you have a good concept for something. Okay, I understand that, but I don't know. Like this is clearly a project where they thought up of the fact that what's a popular property we can use first. And then yeah. they thought of a premise from there. And they automatically just assumed Tetris. It's the popular premise. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know why Donkey Kong wasn't made first. but uh, Or Space Invaders. Super Mario Brothers, man. Uh, that was a great movie. Do not disparage the name of the Super Mario Brothers movie. That actually, uh, I want to say, drove John Langwazamo to alcoholism. Because <laughs> it did. Uh, oh, who played Mario? Um... Uh, Bob Hopkins. Yeah, Bob yeah, Hoskins, Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Um, yeah, because the two of them would just get hammered on set. No, they got they wrecked the car. Good. Like he broke his hand. There's like half the half the way through the movie. If you watch, he has a cast on his hand because they were drunk as hell during the filming scene of the car chase. Oh well, I mean, him breaking his hand is sad, but I'm glad they I'm glad they crashed that car. That was the only enjoyable part of the fil- filming that I bet. They, like, they hated their directors. The directors wanted to make another uh, another Blade Runner movie. Like They were so inspired by Blade Runner that they kept insisting that they try and get it to look at, like Blade Runner. Okay. Well, I believe the Mario director, I believe it was a married couple. Who, yeah, they were, yeah, exactly. And it was originally going to be a very faithful adaptation. Two guys in suits jump on Goombas and stuff. And then they brought in these two directors who were like, no, we're going to make it as far away from the original source material as we can. We're going to make it Blade Runner. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, I hope that... Blade Runner's amazing! Oh, yeah. How dare you? Well, aside from that creepy rape scene with Harrison Ford. Yeah, that was a little much. It was an 80s movie, so... (laughs) Yeah, they then... Yeah, it's just... That any eighties and, and back, you're just chock a block full of rape in a lot. And of look at look at any eighties comedy. Like I'm serious, half the pranks that they play are very rapey. Oh, Animal House, you know, like going in and spying on women and all like home yep. invasion. Oh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh yeah, no that the that trick actual... plays on her is basically he pretends to be her boyfriend. She can't see his face. Yeah, so he straight up rapes her. Yeah, yeah, or Police Academy, where they pay that hooker to give uh, Commander Lassard a blowjob underneath the podium. Yeah, and he did, he just didn't know what was going on. I, or, you would think he'd have a, a thought. Hilarious moments in rape. No, he knew at the time. He didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> he didn't know it was going to happen. But. Yeah, he figured it out quick though. But I mean, for, you have to put it you have to put it in perspective. Experience, but I... to, that guy. I mean, this is the '80s, so you know, getting a blowjob under the podium. It's the 80s. Yeah, pretty much. Like, all right, just going to knock this speech out anyway. <laughs> and he tried. He, he, you know what? He gave it the old college try there. <laughs> he did. He did. Oh, uh, who's the guy? Going back to Tetris, though, I would love it if they did, like, a battleship treatment for, for Tetris, where they have, uh, you got to get either Jai Courtney... Or the oh, who is the guy who starred in Battleship? The same guy who was in John Carter. Like everything he touched dies. Like he can't. Oh God! What is his oh, name? Oh man! You know, I I think I'm one of the only people that liked John Carter. Oh well, as I understand it, it was a good movie. It just had terrible advertising. 
It well, it not only had terrible. Well, actually, I don't think it had bad advertising. I remember seeing it everywhere, but then people hated the film when it came out. To me, I thought it was like another pretty good Disney adventure film. It wasn't amazing, but it was pretty fun. It was a good adventure, adventure film from Disney. I never saw it. It looked weird. Ah, Taylor Kitsch. That's his name. There we go. Yeah, so put Taylor Kitsch in this Tetris movie because we want it to fail, and I believe he's cursed because everything Taylor Kitsch is in fails. X-Men Origins Wolverine failed. John Carter failed. Battleship failed. Wait, uh, who's he in X-Men Wolverine? Oh, he was he was Gambit in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, shit, that was Gambit. Okay. Yeah. Wait, X-Men Origins He was the only Wolverine good part failed. of that movie. It doesn't matter. He, the fact that he was on it, he's cursed. Well, that, he's magically... He's magically cursed. And True Detective Season 2 he was in, and that fell apart and died. Yeah. Wow, that's... Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, so put Taylor Kitsch in the first movie. Give him, you know, that narration. Yeah, we, I was living a normal life, but then the pieces fell. And just, you know, the giant things like falling out of the sky and destroying New York City. Breaking news. Strange yeah. blocks falling from the sky. We need a line piece. The only thing that I can think of that they're going to do that they think that nobody's going to have an idea of it is because going back to like the original Tetris game, have it be about like the Russian space program. Because remember at the at the old Tetris game, whenever you would get it, no matter if you the further you got, the larger the rocket was next to the Kremlin. You'd always show the rocket launch at the end. And it was standing next to the Kremlin, so Did it's going to be something a different about that. Tetris. No, go back and play the original Tetris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, the man who invented Tetris uh, never received a dime because yep. all the proceeds went to the Russian government. Yep, yep. Oh, and also, actually, this is going to be a video game adaptation, so we want somebody who has experience creating these video game adaptation movies. Adam Sandler. So, exactly. Taylor Kitsch and Adam Sandler co-star. <laughs> hey, I just saw a new Adam Sandler movie recently, and it was... Yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> the do-over. The do-over. It deserved a do-over, and then another. I was, I won't, you know what, Adam Sandler has not done a good movie in a long time, but I actually wanted to see the do-over because David Spade was working with Adam Sandler. Yeah, and it, but, I, that's why I was hopeful. But they used it as an excuse to go to Puerto Rico for a vacation and then tried to film a movie around it. He's literally said that's the only reason why he does movies, is because it's a paid vacation for him and his friends. Yeah. yeah, it's well, kind of very obvious with the lazy dialogue and everything. Yeah, well, it doesn't bother me that he's just doing stuff for money because as, I mean, well, he's super rich. He doesn't need it, but I can understand doing because you got to get paid if you're an actor and whatnot. Yeah. The thing that bothers me is that Adam Sandler doesn't even try to be different characters anymore. It used yep. to be he would, he would pretend to be people. Yes. Like Waterboy, he was Bobby Boucher, you know? Little Nicky, he was the son of the devil. Um, now he just plays himself and he always has like a gorgeous wife or girlfriend. He just stands there. You know, he took like in, uh, like, um, uh, the Western one that was on Netflix. Ridiculous six. Yeah. Ridiculous six. He just talks like this and he's called white knife and he's good at everything. He defeats everybody in combat cause he's a combat master. He's the ultimate Mary Sue writer. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I get it because he's he's in charge of these movies, and these movies are going to make money no matter how badly he acts in them. Yep. I just wish he would. That's why. Well, that's because he made his own archetype, and that is Adam Sandler. Give me an Adam Sandler here. Okay, I think I can do that. <laughs> you see, I don't 
don't like any of the new Adam Sandler stuff, I constantly go back to just rewatching his old SNL skits because that to me is where Adam is at where Adam Sandler was at his best. I love Opera Man. I love Opera Man. Oh, the Opera Man bits. Movies. That was. was, I I know there's the argument that like people pick and choose like the bits of SNL that they loved, and there's a bunch of crap in between. You don't remember the Canteen Boy, another one. But. Yeah, that was probably my favorite era. Was it was David Spade, uh, Adam Sandler, Chris, Chris Farley. Farley. It's it's a call between that and the original uh, cast. cast, which was Steve Martin, Martin. Dan Aykroyd, oh, yeah. uh, John Belushi. Yeah, um, but no, wait, wait. Are are you counting uh, Chevy Chase, or are we going with season two with Bill Murray? Oh God, I hate to count Chevy Chase. That's one word for him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, he was fired, um, or he was permanently banned from SNL for a while. Yeah. Because when he was hosting, he said that there was an openly gay character, or actor, I can't remember which one, but there was an openly gay actor like working on the set. And Chevy Chase said, hey, we should do a skit where he gets AIDS, and then he has to get weighed every week to see how much he's lost. Wow, I did not know that. And, and actually, really fun fact is, uh, I want to say Chevy Chase fun hosted... Fun loosely here. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's a, there was a season two, I want to say, Chevy Chase hosted an episode of SNL, and Bill Murray came on stage to show that there was no bad blood between them. And when Chevy Chase and ben, uh, Bill Murray come on set, they're, or come on stage, they're both out of breath because they had a fight backstage. <laughs> they literally had a fist fight. Yeah. That does not surprise me at all. Oh, um, actually, yeah, Bill Murray would make fun of, uh, uh, who's the main actor in commu- Community? Was it not Joel McHale? Is it Joel McHale? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He, he would constantly call Joel McHale, like, degrading names and say, come on, punch me, yeah, you wuss, or stuff that's other than wuss. You know, he'd be like, punch me, oh. you flim flam. Yeah. Um, and so he actually punched Chevy at one point just because he was so annoying. So basically he played Pierce. He was Pierce. Yeah. Only Pierce was likable. And actually, Chevy Chase didn't get any of the jokes that they wrote for him. So he would say a joke, and people on set would have to laugh just so he would believe it. God. He also wanted Pierce to be the main character. Dan Herman. Of course he wanted Pierce to be the main character. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Getting off the topic of depressing Chevy Chase news. He was... (laughs) Although, actually, I would love if Chevy Chase were the lead action star in the new Tetris movie. <laughs> yes! Alongside Taylor Kitsch and Adam Sandler. That's, that's yes, that, I think we got our first casting. For the- We've got a hit, fellas. We've got a hit. Chevy Chase, Taylor Kitsch, Adam Sandler. Oh, the chemistry would be amazing. But again, I want, I want Chevy Chase... They're out of breath because they've been fighting the entire time backstage. Yeah. And then, like, Taylor Kitsch would be, like, in the corner crying because he just wants to be in a successful motion picture. <laughs> Why does this keep happening to me? You well, I, I, I genuinely think magic is real and someone used it on Taylor Kitsch because he's a fine actor. He doesn't... Why do I have to make fun of that gypsy woman? <laughs> yeah. Some... Because... And his... his I feel bad for his agent, too, because he's like, hey, Taylor Kitsch, we're going to put you in the lead as John Carter and John Carter. It's a giant Disney movie. You're going to, this is going to be it. This is what's going to propel you. Very and big it, sci-fi franchise that everybody knows and loves. Yeah. 
and it ended up being one of the biggest flops in movie history. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, all right, Taylor, that was my mistake. That was my bad. I, I Nobody saw that coming. There's an X-Men movie. All these movies are dynamite. You're going to be in there with Wolverine. You're going to play a favorite beloved character. This is, this is sure to make it. This is going to be you. <laughs> this is going to launch your career. Trust me. That didn't work, so we're going to put you... Wolverine, you know, everybody loves Wolverine. So <laughs> that's the next movie going to be. Oh, this is a guaranteed hit. And then, like, after all these different failures, they're like, all right, Matthew McConaughey turned his career around on True Detective. We've got you in season two. <laughs> this is going to be great. You're going places. This is we're gonna transform you. This is gonna be your reconnaissance, and it failed. Reconnaissance? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what they called it. I've never heard that term before. Uh... I'm kind of glad I didn't up until now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for ruining that for me, Alex. Yeah, as I understand it, like... McConaughey basically fired his agent because he was tired of doing all the rom coms, and then just started doing whatever. You know, as long as he I could take. Surfer dude got made. Which yeah. Was such a great film. And uh, uh, the Lincoln Lawyer um, and uh, Mud, those were yeah. He just started doing a whole bunch of indie stuff. Um, uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good. Which one. those are, yeah, those actually are. With the exception of Surfer Dude, the rest were legitimately oh, come on, how pretty did you good. Not movies. like Surfer Dude. Oh my god, I made it about oh. halfway through that film. And let's not forget Magic Mike. Yeah. Wait, he's in Magic Mike. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding? Of course he's in Magic Mike. It's I a think... movie that revolves around shirtless men. You couldn't keep McConaughey away from the stick, like the set. <laughs> you couldn't beat him off with a stick. Yeah, he I, runs around in like leather speedos and a cowboy hat. Are there any lawbreakers in here tonight? Or no, no. He goes. Now the rule is that there's no touching, but I see a lot of lawbreakers in. in that States. was it. Yeah. That was yeah. it. Oh my <laughs> god! Why did you guys see that movie? I actually okay. Here's the funny thing with Magic Mike. I've never seen it myself, but. I've heard from so many guys that like went with their girlfriend or whatnot, and then afterwards they're like, "No, that was a legitimately good movie." No, it is. It like, is. I know. I know more fans of that of that film that are straight dudes than I do yeah. women that love that film. Now, I haven't seen Magic Mike XXL, but um, uh, Magic Mike. Well, first off, it's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I, yeah. I generally did not know that. Yeah, so we're talking like Ocean's Eleven, Traffic, Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Thirteen. <laughs> but he can uh this is a this was an experienced director this is channing tatum who is amazing uh because he has great comedic range he can be in action movies uh he has great drama like he genuinely and he actually uh was a male stripper before he got in yeah, that literally was wasn't uh chris or not chris evans uh star lord Oh, oh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pine. Or, or Chris Pine. Pine. No, Chris Pratt. 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 I wanted to say Chris Pine at first, too. That's what I was thinking, but it was like, no, that was... I just want to see Chris <laughs> Pine shirtless. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Chris Pratt was actually a male stripper, too, before he got on um, Parks and Rec. Really? Yeah, he was known as, like, the comedic one, like, the funny one of the, uh, like... The male strippers? Yeah. And he did not have... He was... Because he clearly did not have the body for it back then, but no, that's what he did. <laughs> He could totally go back to doing that now Wait. and be completely Oh, God, ripped. yeah. Wait, Women you can would... make money by taking your guys, shirt off yeah. and making girls laugh? Like, I'm you used can't, my calling. But... <laughs> well, actually, he um, he got... Uh, the He decided to gain weight for the role of Andy Dwyer specifically for uh, comedic purposes. He thought it would be ah. funnier if his character was overweight. 
And then when he got the role for Star Lord, it's like he got the phone call and he goes, "Honey, I need to lose seventy pounds in six months. Stop baking." <laughs> <laughs> now, if you guys want to see Chris Pratt taking his shirt off, even though the movie itself was terrible, there's this musical bit called Agony, where Chris Pratt plays Prince Charming, and he and his brother are super depressed that the girls that they want um, aren't. They can't hook up with them yet. You mean Into the Woods? Yeah, Into the Woods. That movie was absolutely garbage, but this yeah. one scene was hilarious, and Chris Pratt just hammed it up. I like how you seem to have a encyclopedic knowledge of whenever all of these different Chris's take their shirt off. Yep. I'm always on the watch. I got a little chart here. You can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, you know, basically he just marks off each time we make a reference. Oh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah, I've got I've I've got diagrams where I have you know like you know trying to find out how big the, the pectoral distance is. It's it's very scientific. Okay, now you made it creepy. Good. All right, wow. now speaking of great movies like Magic Mike, God, Brian, I'm gonna break your phone. <laughs> we just we did because we we did. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. But, okay, going on to good movies, possibly good movies. Well, okay, we don't know if this is going to be a good movie, but Lone Wolf and Cub Ooh. is actually being, been announced as an upcoming film. That is a classic manga series. Yeah, and yeah, and movie series, too. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching the black and white ones the Japanese did mm-hmm. back in the day, and I was just like, this is awesome. Now, wait, are we... Is it going to be an American-made movie? Is yes, it which be? that's the funny thing of it, uh... is Stephen Paul... Who is also the same producer for uh, the new Ghost in the Shell film is going to be the producer for Lone Wolf and Club and Cub. <laughs> Lone Wolf and Club. <laughs> yes, Lone Wolf and Club. But he, because of the and Rich that he got for the whole whitewashing issue with um, Ghost in the Shell, he's actually made a statement that this film is going to be, and I quote, essentially a Japanese cast, essentially Japanese cast. Oh well, did you actually hear about what happened with um, uh, the with Keanu Reeves movie, like Seven Samurai? Forty-seven or Forty-seven, 47 Ronin. Ronin. He's actually half Asian. Well, yeah, but what happened was uh, Keanu Reeves actually really likes trying to promote Asian movies. Yeah, right? which he did the the Tai Chi Master movie. I love Man of Tai Chi. Man, Man of Tai Chi, Tai Chi was actually pretty great good. Film. It yeah. was. And he designed this special rotating camera so that way you could actually go like across or around the fight as it was taking place. But what um, he he really likes to promote Asian movies. And with Forty Seven Ronin, it was originally supposed to be a faithful adaptation, and he just put his name on the movie to help get it traction so that way it could get like a theatrical release. But then once Keanu Reeves became attached, they hacked up the script and made him the main character. Uh... As I understand it, that's how I understand it kind of went down. Because that's exactly it. how it went down, because the original 47 Ronin was actually done in two parts back in, the, I believe, the 50s, 50s, early 60s. Um, and it revolved around uh, Lord Asano's uh, main vassal, gathering the 47 Ronin to go, you know, attack the, the one samurai lord who made Lord Asano commit uh, seppuku because he got dishonored. Viet knows his Asian cinema. Vassal. Vassal. <laughs> okay, if I got to speak, uh, it's got a, a kind of like how y- you have, you know, colonels, lieutenants, majors, and things like that. Yeah, uh, lords and vassals. Yeah. So if you're if you're a baron, your vassals are going to be other lords of the of your region of your barony. Exactly. 
My thing is, with this Stephen Paul guy, though, like, he's so excited he wanted to do Ghost in the Shell, which he's already in trouble for that. And now he's doing Lone Wolf and, Club, and Cub. Like, I got at some point you got to ask, is this guy a weeaboo? Yes. The answer is yes. I'm going to say yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, that, that's like that's like asking if the Wachowskis are weeaboos. Oh, that's yes. major, yes. That's true. That's well, the Wachowskis yes. are just they're they're an odd odd couple of guys girls. Uh, well, and and let's also not forget the law of diminishing returns, where every movie they make it's worse. Yep. Yeah, that is true. Is that is very true. Girls? Oh, you didn't know about that? I they were brothers. They were now they're sisters. Oh. Not that there's anything like these their own, you know, whatever. Yeah. But. Okay. I just because I heard the Wachowski brothers film. I I'm so used to because confused me. When I was a kid, I loved loved the Matrix. Like I I had the whole box set with the Animatrix in it. And, I know kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> and I had the comic books. I had a bunch of comic books and everything from the Matrix, everything like that. Um. It was legitimately a great series until they did the two sequels. Um, the second one wasn't as the bad. The second, okay. The third one was crap. When the when Neo throws one agent Smith into a bunch of other agent Smiths, they do the bowling sound. Like yes, they little, yeah, they literally do. <laughs> okay, and like, was okay. Super. All right, it was kind of bad. <laughs> they had if they. I don't know what they were thinking with those films. I think they tried to do too much at once. Like, if they kept it a little more subtle, I think those could have been great films. Like, the comic books were really good. Like, they, none of the comic books and the Animatrix, most of the Animatrix Ooh, were, the animatrix were, were really, really, really good. good. And there was all these little subtle stories about this world. But instead, they tried to wrap it up into this whole saga, saga thing, and it just didn't work that way. Yeah, um, and I've heard that they were the Matrix was originally envisioned as a three-part story, but regardless, the second two acts are terrible. I heard yeah. they, they changed a lot with what they wanted to do, if I remember correctly. Which is weird because they had all the money and they had no restrictions, as yeah. I understood it. They could do whatever they want. So what we got was unfiltered Wachowski. Yeah. Ooh. So I don't know, but yeah, going back to Lone Wolf and Cub, like. It, again, it's a great series, but this Stephen Paul, like from what I was reading about him, he hasn't really done much else. But he uh, he apparently is just a, a this Japanese loving anime anime loving guy that wants to turn anime and manga into American movies. And I think most of the most of us can agree that Dragon Ball Evolution was a mistake. What? what are you talking about? That was the most faithful adaptation of a. Yeah, that was cinematic perfection. Yeah, exactly. No, that was a mistake. <laughs> that, are, you, are you saying you don't want to watch Chow Yun Fat molest someone? <laughs> well, okay, actually. Now, if you're a true <laughs> fan of Chow Yun Fat, you can actually see that in plenty of the subtitled movies. <laughs> That's true. So, him molesting somebody in an English language movie was subpar Chow Yun Fat, I will have you know. Oh, God, we should do that because. <laughs> Okay, because we were talking about, and for the people listening, we might end up doing a series of just bad movies reviews, and later this week we might be putting up an episode of the 2014 Ninja Turtle film. I thought you said this didn't exist. Yet. Oh God! I for this I'm for this time frame I'm admitting it exists, and then once we record the episode, I am forgetting about it again. 
So you're saying that it is the better of the two TMNT movies? I've never said that. I would never say that. <laughs> it a, it, it's worse than Ninja Turtles. It's worse than the Ninja Turtles Christmas special. That's how bad it is. Yeah, yeah, remember that? <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna pull. He's, he's gonna pull in uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He's gonna review it and then erase his memory. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And so he'll come back next week, being like, you know, we should review the TMNT movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I think that would actually the Dragon Ball Evolution might be another good one to put on that list. Oh yeah. Right it, next to Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh uh, God. For the sake of this show, I'm remembering these films exist. Ugh. Wait, is this the same producer that wants to do a uh, film adaptation of Akira with an all, uh, you know, Caucasian cast? Yes. I didn't see anything about that, but it might... Yeah, because... I think I remember seeing, like, a long time ago his name attached to that. Yeah, because uh, 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 Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to play Canada and uh, Chris Pine is going to be the... Uh, no. No, it's the other way around. Chris Evans is going to play Canada and uh, Jace, uh, Joseph Gordon is going to be Canada. Uh, Tetsuo. Yeah. Canada right. Tetsuo. Yeah. Wait, are you saying Chris Evans, Captain America, is going to play yeah. Canada? Yeah. They actually released on Gizmodo. Actually, we just saw this right we before the podcast. Yeah. They released some concept art for their movie that is probably never going to get made. At least I pray it doesn't get made. Well, a long time ago, like a couple of years ago, I remember they had they released the script for the film that was going to be made before they decided they were actually going to try and be faithful to it. Yeah. But it was this weird, dumb horror film idea, and it was just awful. Akira like sang the sang a nursery rhyme in a, like a really creepy little kid fashion. And part of it. So, I don't, you know, in all honesty, with the exception of Dragon Ball, what other anime or manga has been adapted? I know there has been something else, but I can't think of anything. Adapted successfully, you mean? Just adapted at all. Oh, Death Note has. It's been officially adapted to an American movie? I know they're working on that. Oh, an American movie. That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Oh. I mean, it was, it was like show to you, but not, no, I, not American now. Like, what is with this sudden influx, though, of, like, all these animes and... Mon- like, I, well, I remember a couple years ago when I was younger, they wanted to do Evangelion. They kept talking about that. That would have been a good one. Uh... Well, I mean, there's a sudden popularity in anime. There's or... been... Well, okay. I, I guess I'm looking at this through rose-tinted glass, because I remember when I was a kid, that it was popular for me and my friends, but we were also the social weirdos, so... Well, I think uh, anime, I think, has had a huge impact because for a long time, there weren't a lot of very good uh, American animation dudes. Yeah. 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 And so uh, Japan really filled in that gap for a while. That's true. Remember Keanu Reeves was it was scheduled to be, um, um, I can't think of his name right now, from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, he was going to be Spike? Spike, yeah. Spike right. Spiegel. Oh, okay. He was. He was scheduled to be Spike Spiegel for the longest time, and that just never got off the ground. I remember seeing yeah. concept art. People would do draw, fan art drawings and stuff of yeah. Keanu Reeves as Spike Spiegel. I feel like that would. No, I feel like that would work. I could see it working, but at the same time, like again, this is this is one of the points where it's just it's a a show that I loved, a cartoon that I loved. I don't want to see a movie adaptation of it unless they unless they do it absolutely right. Um, 
Yeah, and then one of the things, I, I can't remember the name of the guy who uh, was the showrunner for Cowboy Bebop, but the thing that I really enjoyed about him was he would oh, do... Uh, yeah, he would do a series, and then he would end it. Yep. twenty six. He would tell a story in 26 episodes, and then he... Like, I know Cowboy Bebop got, like, a, a movie, but it was very much basically the same. That movie was so great. Like, yeah. And it was, it was so great, Naruto stole the fight choreography from the Cowboy Bebop movie and used it in their crappy show. <laughs> I've not seen enough Naruto to be able to judge that. Well, there's, like, one or two episodes that you uh, can watch... And the rest of the series uses those scenes over and over again. Oh my again. god, I, I started watching... Okay, the reason why I haven't watched it original... Because I remember I read the manga a little bit when I was younger. And so, I like, last year I decided, you know what, I'm going to start watching this show. I started watching it, and then I realized that I had watched, like, for five hours straight, and they were still on one fight. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, watch that little clip I sent you. It's like a little 90-second clip. But you can see what I'm talking about when I say they stole the fight choreo. All right, I gotta see this now. I mean, literally. Can you watch this right now? Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, watch yeah. It and, and, and while you guys are watching it, <laughs> I, um, Naruto is actually one of the, I think Naruto is right up there with Dragon Ball Z in what I consider to be one of the laziest animated shows of all time. I mean, yeah. literally, because they use so much of the same fight animation. Oh my period. god! Yeah. Yeah, that um, is pretty much... Ah, uh, okay, this... I yeah, actually yeah. like the fight between Neji and uh, Naruto. Is they, well, they just keep looping this over and over again? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe. Hey, try again, Palm. Oh, no, no, there's more. There's more later. Yeah. Um, I think just yeah, just skip, skip ahead. Skip ahead to the other part. But, uh... Okay, here we go. But, yeah, it's... It, and even when they when they aren't doing, like, recap episodes or previously on or this is what happened, pre like, flashbacks... Anything they can to reuse old footage, it'll just be two people standing there, and they'll zoom in on someone's face, but that'll be a still frame, and they'll just move their mouth. Yeah. Okay. And then that, that person will say something, and then the other person will go, oh, huh? and then be surprised. You know, like the guy, the evil guy in glasses is like, but what really you don't know is that I'm evil. Oh, <gasps> you're evil? Oh, and yeah, Kabuto, when he finally came out of the... Yeah, and then Tsunade, they had a strong, independent female character, but she's a surgeon who's uh, afraid of blood. Huh? What? Yeah, well, no. Literally, that is a thing. Yeah. Lady Tsunade is afraid of blood. And I, I believe, actually, in Japan, there were complaints for a while. They said Tsunade was too strong and independent, so she had to be dumbed down a little bit, and she was. Of course. Uh, yeah. <sighs> and. It's it, even the story is repetitive because you find out that Naruto and Sasuke are just reincarnations of these two dudes who always fight each other. Yeah. So they're just previous incarnations of the same group of the same people who have the same personalities. So it's so lazy. And then they'll take as much time as they can because as long as you can get another twenty six episodes, you can keep getting paid. Yep. Yeah, it's I'm... like DB or uh, Naruto looked at DBC and said, "You think that's filler?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you filler. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next topic we got here, um, some actually good shows that are coming out. Got Ryan is trying so hard to make his gong actors go out. Why? But okay, as I was saying, moving on to actually good shows here. Uh, there has now been announced on Netflix a uh, new Lost in Space TV show happening. Danger, Will Robinson. Yes. 
Uh, right now they are scheduled for 10 episodes. And I always am up for new good sci-fi. However, there's an issue. The showrunner, uh, Zach Estrin, is the showrunner behind Prison Break and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Not Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And the writers are the same writers behind uh, the new Power Rangers, which we can't judge yet, and Gods of Egypt. Ooh. Oh, so this may be shit. You had me at Gods of Egypt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the You know, that giant blockbuster that swept the nation by storm uh, this this year. You know, Christian Bale, you know, did a really good job. Yeah. Gerard Butler. A oh bunch of white Egyptians. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Uh, Sir Bing, Ben Kingsley. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, That's an all-star like cast. <laughs> they had an all-star cast. They <laughs> legitimately did. And nobody cared. <laughs> and the movie tanked. Yeah, Horrible. it was awful. So it's it's funny because, again, Lost in Space is one of the first major sci-fi shows. You know, it was, what, 68? But season one was in black and white. I remember that. And then the rest of the seasons were color. But it's a classic sci-fi show. But they got this awful, awful group running it, apparently. And so it just oh, takes um, away any hope for it. Lost in Space came out in 65. It ran from 65 to 68. Okay. I was right about 68, just wrong starting point. Yeah. Uh, is, is Gary Oldman and uh, Matt LeBlanc and William Hurt, are they all going to make, are they going to return? I wish. Oh, that would I be wish. Awesome. I loved that movie when I was a kid. That was, let's see, that was 98? Yeah, oh, let's also not forget Damian Harris, who played the older version of Will Robinson. Oh, okay. Who, Damian Harris, is the son of, um, oh, whatchamacallit, uh, Ed Harris, I want to say? I think so. That was, that, that was the time period where all the Friends, um, Friends cast were trying to do movies. And, yeah, Joey. Yeah, Joey. You know, he was did, did this one film that flopped, and you never see him in a movie again, really. Yeah. Which I didn't think it was all that bad. I thought it was a fun sci-fi film. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I didn't know anything about the yeah the old series or anything like that. And just going into it fresh, I was like, oh, it's a neat story. But yeah, so now they're going to try and release it again as a TV series. Which, I mean, I hope it's good. I do, it's just... Who they have behind it right now does not fill me with the most amount of confidence. Oh, Jared Harris. That's it. Sorry. Jared Harris played. And um, Jared Harris was uh, Richard Harris's son. Who uh, Richard Harris was the original Dumbledore. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. Yo, Rusty voice. He was in um, County Monte Cristo. That's a good Ooh. movie. Yeah. Um, but I always actually liked Jared Harris. Like, he was also in Mad Men. Um, and uh, and he actually I thought did a good job in Lost in Space considering what it was. It's nothing could save that movie. <laughs> but um, speaking of Netflix, and I'm just gonna move to the next topic because there's not really much to go on with Lost in Space other than it, ten episodes, and we hope it's gonna be good, but we're not expecting it to be good. But finally, the thing I've been waiting for for the longest time regarding Netflix, Daredevil. Is finally coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. Yes. In October. And Netflix? Well, it's going to stay on Netflix. Are they going to have a special Electra-free cut? 
<laughs> yes, we are talking about the Ben Affleck one. For those of you that don't know, they're finally releasing that masterpiece. <laughs> oh, um, no, but you were talking about the show getting yes, released. Yes, the Netflix TV show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is, it, it's a legitimately good film, and yes, I know a lot of people, I keep seeing people talk about, it's like, why are they even bothering releasing this on DVD? It's because for idiots like me that like to have the physical copy and have a collection on their shelf of all the entire MCU, I, I'm i going to buy it whenever it comes out. I've been waiting for it to come out forever. It's the one, see, that and Jessica Jones is the only thing that's been out for a while that should have been out that I do not own yet on Blu-ray. Wait, is it the movie or the series no, that's coming legitimately, out? Legitimately, it's... it's okay, serious. little context there, because whenever I told Ryan of this earlier, I told him it was the movie, and I played it up as much as I could about how great the Ben Affleck one was, <laughs> how much I was looking forward to that. So I think that's what's feeding to Ryan's confusion here. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were just a shithead. No, I was well. I was being a shithead, but it was, and I was just making fun of you, basically. You're a terrible person. Yes, I am. I wish I death upon didn't. you, sir. I get that a lot. Also, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed Daredevil as a show. Um, the only thing I think two things actually really kind of bothered me at my core in season two. Um, Electra. Well, well, yeah, Electra. Basically, well, not not just Electra, but. The intro to Punisher was so cool. You didn't need Elektra or Blood Ninjas, you know. Really didn't. Hand Ninjas. Yeah, you don't. You didn't need Hand Ninjas. Um, I'm glad they did it. I mean, like, and I can understand, like, I, but I felt like the Elektra Ninjas thing that should have been a season three. You didn't need to have Punisher slash Ninjas. Especially because they had all this stuff they were building up to. Like the, I thought, I, I thought the trial of uh, Punisher was going to be like the whole season long. That, yeah, I am kind of disappointed they didn't go that route more with it. Because um, yeah, Punisher was definitely by far the best part about that whole season. season. Yeah, what was? Let me ask you something, Red. <laughs> His accent threw me off though a little bit because he was supposed to be like a New Yorker guy and everything, and they even talk about how he grew up in New York, but he has this Southern accent. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it wasn't Shane from Walking Dead. But uh, he still talked like Shane a little bit. Now, it actually. that, like, deep south kind of voice, but he but still had a southern tell. hint in his voice. Yeah, well, uh, the actor, I want to say, is from Los Angeles, I want to say. Um, I think so. Really? Let's see, uh, yeah, he, he's not British. John Barenthal. Yeah, uh, yeah, John Barenthal. If you ever heard, he has, like, a very, like, almost kiddish accent. So I could understand him trying to like gravel it up a little bit, but it, I did. I didn't even actually. One of the things I also loved was that uh, he had the high and tight. Yes, because they wanted. It's I hate actually as not that I did anything. I did the opposite of hardcore stuff when I was in the army. But I hate when you see people who are supposed to be in the military have these full luscious heads of hair. Which you can't do. Like you just can't do it. You can't have hair like that. You can't have, you know, like the Sam Eckhart or, you know, the, just the giant, like, billowy hair. So he actually had the hindsight in, in his monologue when he was talking about how he just wanted to go to sleep. Yeah. The one thing that really threw me off of the military thing was it, he was great at everything, except for then he stood up to fire his sniper rifle. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that made no sense to me. Like he's or just... um or as a lieutenant, he probably wouldn't have been in the action even, and it would have been it would have been odd for an officer to go through sniper training. And I actually, uh, my roommate is was a Marine Corps sniper, um, and so it was interesting him listening to him the stuff that John. Bur- they actually tried though; they tried to match up, and like aside from the standing standing up to fire the rifle, like they actually went. You know, they talked about like. PTSD and how you know he he talked about how he didn't want to claim PTSD because that hurts people who actually have it. Um, yeah, and uh, it was just it was it was really cool. Like they 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 tried in some places and they didn't try in others. Like the standing up for the sniper was very silly, but also he, he honestly should have had a spotter too because you need that. Well, yeah, that was understandable. Then that means that like I'm I I just I'm I want to have the entire MCU on my shelf. I don't care that it's still on Netflix. I don't care that there's easy access to it. I just want to have the entire thing. And why it's taken them so long to do this? What kind of, like, hoarder collectionist, uh, why? Like, as long as it's available, like... Not everybody's going to have access to it. Not everybody has access to Netflix or just straight-up internet all the time. Like, if you live out in the country, you have bad... Oh, and, and also, if you just want to play it on your TV, you don't... You want, like, a, a high-res copy. Yeah, so like, or a yeah. high res. Yeah, you just want a high res copy. Or again, if you're just like me, you have a collect. You like you're a collector of stuff. Or you like watching special features. Which yeah, is it. special features. Well, granted, Netflix has a problem. Apparently, like with Orange is the New Black and House of Cards, when they release those on DVD, no special features whatsoever on those. Oh wow! So I'm afraid they'll probably do that for this. I hope not, because Netflix did a whole like you know prequel series season one. They had all those. You know, like, you know, 10-minute, you know, clips explaining the, you know, the story behind the show. Hopefully they do, but, I mean, I don't know. They they haven't on some of their other DVD releases. That is true. Me, personally, I, as long as it's up somewhere I can watch it, I don't care. Because as long as I don't have to buy it. That being said, I recently bought Rick and Morty Season 2, <laughs> and then a day later, <laughs> it comes out on Hulu. I told wow. you that I, I texted. It. I texted Ryan when I found that out. I was like, "Hey, so you remember know how you just bought season two of Rick and Morty?" You did it with like a smiley face, without putting a smiley I face. Did. I could <laughs> see you. I, now I just imagine Dan Harmon like waiting for you specifically, Ryan, to make the purchase and being like, "Got him." Release it. <laughs> we got it. Go ahead and put it on Hulu. <laughs> Alright, so the last topic of the day, uh, Alex, you wanted to talk about this, and then, oh, oh uh, um, yeah, this has been, this has been getting some traction on, online, uh, mostly on, like, Reddit, it's on, like, the, uh, our gaming channel right now, but H3H3, who is a YouTuber, um, and he talks about, he, he talks about stuff, like, he talked about, like, some Facebook controversy where people would steal YouTube content and post it on Facebook, and basically, Facebook doesn't care, because Zuckerberg's getting paid, uh, and, yeah, he touches on controversies like that. Well, there's a controversy currently around uh, Counter-Strike and Valve in gambling, where there are these online uh, Counter-Strike gambling sites where you uh, sell, you can trade the texture packs you get by buying them on Steam, which they cost like $3 to get a crate, and then you get these three items. And then, depending on the random value, you can trade those in for actual cash through thir- third-party recipients. Similar to like the uh, like the gold farmers in WoW, you know, where you can actually turn real money into like or digital digital products into real money. And there are apparently two YouTubers who gamble online using these Counter Strike sites, and it turned out that the gambling site they used was one that they both owned. 
together. No. See, I don't. I still don't understand. Like I, we were talking about this a little earlier, though, and I don't because people are saying that they're mad at Valve about this, and I still don't see how it's their problem, though. And actually, in um in the H three H three video, they talk about how there's a class action lawsuit against Valve right now because of this, because they are arguing that. Valve is allowing this unregulated market uh, coerce children who are under the age of 18 or under the age of 21 for, uh, into actual gambling. Um, that they spend money, like their parents' money, buying these crates like over and over and over again, which is against the spirit of the law in terms of only grown-ups should be gambling. You usually got to be a grown-up to, to, to pee your money away um, or to throw it away on stupid stuff. And then you have these parents who these kids are making like getting, like, actual gambling addiction and buying tons of crates because they're trying to hit it big like these YouTube stars. And that's that's the whole thing. I just find it weird because, like, I don't... I can see where you can kind of say, hey, you guys should do something about this, but at the same time, I'm having trouble seeing where you can just point fingers and go, hey, it's your fault. Yeah, well, and the argument is that Valve is allowing this unregulated market to take place, and the, the, the style that they have, the crates, and the, there's there's this market that has basically come up around Valve's products. I agree that it Valve isn't technically liable, but stuff that is happening around Valve is creating a lot of problems for a lot of like young impressionable kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, that's just where we're getting to the gray area of it and everything like that. Like, I, it's a crappy situation. I mean, yeah. it, it, if this market falls, then they could use, for instance, a random number generator and and bring up the same sort of system. Uh, so how is it any more Valve's fault than it would be, say, randomnumbergenerator.com? Um, it's the people that are putting these uh, places where you can sell, like, the yeah. value of, you know, getting the number seven or the they value are the of this main particular people involved, not Valve. Uh, pack as opposed to, like, say, the owner of the random number generator site or valve themselves right that's what i would think i would actually i would agree with that um i would and it's if they could simply like clamp down like on preventing those like child gambling sites i think that would be a huge step in the right direction i don't necessarily think all the blame should go on valve but i do think something in general should be done to prevent kids from gambling on these sites oh kids from gambling not gambling on kids (laughs) <laughs> well, totally different. Totally yeah, different. To- yeah, two very separate things there. Two like, like, ones. like the like bum fights, but with kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's or not the hunger, the hunger games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like you know daycare fight club. <laughs> First rule about daycare fight that, club. We should start that, guys. <laughs> we can make some money. Oh, you know, it almost brings the question. Uh, you guys remember how McDonald's got into that huge legal. Uh, battle back in the day about their supersize. Oh, God, yeah, because that movie yeah. supersized me. Mm-hmm. You know, and should McDonald's have been held responsible for people getting fat? Well, it was the, it was the whole fact that they were pushing the the supersize thing. Right. They were actively, like, they if you worked at McDonald's, you were told, ask if they want to upsize it to super, or supersize it. But that's just due to the nature of the market itself. That is true. And so it kind if of there's a market the for it, then you know, it, as a business owner, it's on you to sell it. Otherwise, you're not, you know, being a good. Uh, yeah, 
But it's also the part of a responsible consumer to decline service. Exactly. So that that's where you get the whole point, gray area point, where who's who's the who's most responsible, really... who's the where do we draw the line? Exactly. Of where the company ends and where the customer should be held responsible for their own actions. Exactly. Personally, I say we sell everything, and if people are stupid about it and want to kill themselves on on buying too much uh, uh, texture packs, let's say. What did you say? 2.5 pounds of sugar will kill you? Yeah. If they want to be irresponsible, buy 2.5 pounds of sugar and uh, eat it in one setting, then that's their fault, not the sugar manufacturers. Now we're getting into a political into political sector of this, which we could go on for a while I, about that, but I'm going to refrain because that's not what this podcast is about. Not yet. Um, so yeah, my, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, just my only quibble is that it, like, and don't I totally agree that, like, for example, if a kid is buying a whole bunch of stuff on Steam that they shouldn't, you shouldn't have your credit card information accessible to a child on Steam without any, like, restrictions or oversight. Exactly. Uh, and it's the same thing with, like, these, uh, these like, Counter-Strike gambling sites and whatnot. I do agree that parents need to be way better about just making... Why are you giving kids access to credit cards? Like, don't... Don't give them money, you know? Like, children should be... <laughs> exactly. put, you know, put them in a doghouse out back and feed them begging strips, like, you know, regular child-rearing. Yeah, that's how much I know about kids. Children don't have rights. Um, yeah, but I don't think like uh, a lot of these Counter Strike gambling sites will be like, oh, you only have to be 13 years old to buy stuff. Let's up that to like 18, please. Well, yeah, I feel like at that, I know how to add uh, 18 to the current year. Or... Yeah, which I've been doing ever since the ever since I had access to the internet. Like, yeah, I mean, those are for perfect, perfectly non illicit means. I just wanted access to. You know, to shop online and to vote for things on—that's all. The only reason I ever used that as a kid, no, no other reason to do that on the internet. I wasn't going to any adult entertainment sites. What are you yeah, talking right? about? No. The internet. In fact, in fact, nothing, nothing let me know that I like nothing let me know. Oh, you finally reached a good place in the internet when it's like, oh, you gotta be eighteen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, well, this is gonna. Now I really want to see it. Exactly. I was always <laughs> born for some like I, my birthday. Was was always legitimately January first, nineteen hundred. Yeah, a lot of lot of centuries old or ninety plus, you know, old men just prowling around websites. <laughs> Which I think I don't. I, there has to be like there has to be the majority of people when, you know on born with a birthday of like January first for any online like polling. That has to be a thing because it's it's always just the easiest one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like January 1st and the year 1980, 1900, who cares? I always felt uh, creative with it, and I always chose to, uh, December 25th, <laughs> then 1900. Uh, <laughs> December uh, 25th, the year is zero. You are Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you, wanna, if you really want to go obscure, you could say August 29th, 1997, if that's old enough to be 18. Um, because that's uh, Judgment Day in the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Sky Skynet woke. Yep. Okay, so the final actual topic was something we talked about a little bit last week. God damn it, Ryan! There it is. <laughs> Sweet music is something I know that you guys are super excited about talking about, and I have no idea what happened during it. But Game of Thrones finale happened last week. Uh, what show? Game of Thrones. 
What? With games and there's thrones. Alex is not. He's not aware of this show. I don't think. Games and there's thrones. Okay, so it's like a game show. Yes. It's like, it's like Top Gear or something. Oh, but with chairs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes, with chairs and people in chairs. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So there was a season finale of Game of Thrones, and I would say that it's probably the closest Game of Thrones will ever get to a genuinely optimistic season finale. Yeah, like, yeah. they don't do nice things, so this season is freaking me the fuck out. Yeah. Like, making I... me real, making me real uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing actually gets me more paranoid than hearing someone say King in the North. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Those are, like... Those, those are murder words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, they did a weird thing where they started the episode off with, like, perhaps the most dramatic thing. Um, the Godfather's piano sonata. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, spoiler alert: we're going to talk about that Game of Thrones season finale. So cover your ears, but Joe. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I've already had way too much of the show spoiled for me. Uh, well, they uh, actually the director, the same guy who did episode nine, uh, Miguel Sapochnik, I want to say, he also directed season ten or episode ten. Yes. And not season 10, but... Um... He's, he's gone in the future. <laughs> Those episodes. We gotta go back, Morty! Uh, or as uh, in Arrested... De- or not Arrested Development, in Parks and Recreation, they're like, I still don't understand why Daenerys had to marry uh, Jack Sparrow. And he goes, I told you it makes sense if you read the books. Because <laughs> <laughs> it takes place years in the future. Uh, but, yeah, so after I watched episode 9, I was like, I don't think it could get better than this. And then I saw episode 10, and I was like, well, I'm shutting up. This yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, pretty much. The only thing that didn't happen that I had hoped would happen, and again, shut your ears, Joe, was Cersei dying at the at Jamie's hands. Well, Cersei actually, uh, the High Sparrow. I was talking actually about it with Chris because Chris actually didn't. Uh, well, Chris had some problems, but he complains about weird stuff. Yeah. But uh, the High Sparrow pulled a Ned Stark, where he told Cersei that he was going to take her out of power, and he gave her time to prepare. And you don't ever give Cersei time to prepare. That girl is crazy. Yes. Because <laughs> in Ned Stark did in season one, where he's like, I don't like you. I know your children are born by incest, and I'm going to depose you. And Cersei's like, right now? And he goes, no, you have until tomorrow. And she goes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See you in the throne room. <laughs> um, and it happened at the end of the season where the high sparrow is like oh i don't like you cersei i've humiliated you i made you walk naked through the streets and you know to people throwing crap at you and stuff and i'm going to remove you from power by taking your son's uh confidence and using it to depose you and cersei's like oh you're doing it right now and he goes no no i'm going to release you back into the red keep i'm going to give you a couple weeks and cersei's like okay I'll, yeah. see, I'll see you at the weeks. party. Bring bring all of your sparrows and stuff. Make sure they're all there at the Sept. I'll see you there yeah. Saturday morning. We're going to have a lot of fun. I've only read the first two books, and I know not to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just a classic mistake. He told Cersei. He, she knew exactly what he wanted to do, and so she was like, all right. Um, oh, what's that? What's underneath King's Landing? Wildfire? Oh, man. It'd be sucked if there was, like, an accident or something. I know. Yeah. With a candle? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a bunch of candles? Yeah, a bunch of candles. <laughs> yeah. I actually, you know what? Kudos to whoever set that up, because they had to, like, drip or leak the wildfire on the ground and then put candles and not set themselves on fire. Well, if you notice, she used kids for everything, 
And also, they set that up while the trial was still going on. So it, even if it would have went off early, it would have still worked. Yeah. So that was pretty ingenious of her. But like, can you imagine being the kid having to put the candles down and not set anything on fire? Or well, knocking a I candle mean, over? Ignorance is bliss when you're a kid. So here, set this candle on this magic liquid, and then I'll give you candy. Like, for all he knew, it was like, all right, I just got to get this thing, and I got like a bowl of candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though, by the way, those are, that is some, all you have to do is give candy. That's, like, yeah. you don't even have to give them real wages. We saw what happened with Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know, if I was a starving kid in King's Landing, I'd be like, hey, uh, can I get some food? <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. If you can give me some food, I'll do anything you want me to. Yeah, like, no, I don't need candy, like, I need dinner. Like meat. <laughs> yeah. Preferably made out of people. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it was a fantastic season finale. Like, the last two episodes were just awesome. Yeah. Uh, they had a lot of good things going on. My boy, Jon Snow, favorite character in the show, he's still holding it down. Um, one of the things I actually liked is showing how Jon Snow's not a smart person. I actually really enjoy that, because usually when you have shows and you have main characters, they like to have people doing, like, everything awesome, and I hate that. You know, like Tyrion, even though he was brilliant, he had trouble handling stuff in the city because he didn't have dragons or an army so you see him like struggle to hold stuff together and he's like i can't do all this on my own i'm i'm just one person mm-hmm. and john snow's the same way he's like i'm not a tactical genius and i make really dumb decisions when my family's on the line well yeah and even the same thing with aria uh, which i think was chris's main problem with her storyline but uh she had a lot of trips and tumbles but her part of the finale was by far my favorite. she's my favorite character Oh, yeah, where she... Well, but I would never want to actually meet her in person. No, never. I could meet Jon Snow and be like, hey, what's up? And be reasonably assured that I would still be alive by the end of that conversation. Well, I mean, you didn't do it... I mean, you'd have to land on her list. Like, so... I'd, I'd be cool meeting her. Like, uh, but, I mean, don't do anything bad. You well, probably you imagine on her list. Can you imagine, like, saying hi to her in the kitchens as she's baking free kid people into the pie? <laughs> there's no point in Arya's day that I want to accidentally stumble in on because all of them involve me getting murdered too wait is she still stuck in that one like no she uh she she got out of the house of the uh she mm-hmm. broke out of her contract basically okay. she is she is now officially a freelance shape-shifting assassin yeah shape oh god yes. okay I didn't know about that she's what? like murder she can, well, what she does is she can take the face from people who are dead and wear it. her own, yeah. Now, usually, most of the time, faceless what men stay to... Crap? Yeah, they tend to stick within their own gender. So, I haven't seen a male faceless one really be a female or vice versa. But so, usually, it's within their own gender. But yeah, she goes to the, to the twins, and she kills Lord Frey by feeding him his sons baked into a pie. Into a pie. Mm-hmm. God, and he's like, "Where, where's Lothar?" And she's like, "They're right here." You know, he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Girl, where are my sons?" And she's like, "They're right here, my lord." Yeah, and, and he's just eating his pie, crushing. and she gives him another slice. He goes, "Where are my sons?" And she's like, "They're right here, my lord." And he goes, "What?" And she goes, "No, no, they're right here." And she lifts up the pie, and there's like a finger in it. Yep. Wow. Um. Yeah. So she's gone full on berserk. Then she removed her fa- uh, the the face, the face and showed herself and was like. Just want you to know that a Stark did this. Yeah, the <laughs> like, Starks uh, and their re- yeah, it's like, face, like the Frey send their regards. The Starks get revenge themselves. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
Um, yeah, so Arya is now full-on an, an unbridled psychopath who can literally be anyone or anywhere. I really... And I know we know who's on her list, uh, but I hope that Cersei is next. Like, she Well, it's been, it's been prophesied that Cersei's going to be choked to death by her younger brother. No, there's a prophecy that she's going to be choked by death by the younger brother. Yeah, younger it's, brother. It's the higher... It's the high Valyrian word for younger brother. Or younger sibling, it might be. So it could be somebody else's younger sibling. Well, I mean, but I think I think what they want to do is I think they're going to do a bait and switch where everybody thinks Tyrion is going to kill her because Tyrion's actually really good at choking women to death, as yeah. he's demonstrated throughout the show. <laughs> I don't think if you need if you need a woman to choke to death, Tyrion is your guy. We watched him do it, uh, but I don't think they were going to go that route. I think it's going to be Jamie. Because I think Jamie is going to kill Cersei to stop her from burning the city down. You mean more of it down? But y- yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think people are thinking that anymore. I think now people are thinking Jamie because he's the readily present and available brother. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think, and also, like, his. Um, so maybe they're doing a double bait and switch, and once Tyrion gets there, he does his uh, his choking thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think. I think um, I think Jamie, he's mentioned before being the Kingslayer, he will compromise all of his morals to save King's Landing if he has to. No one's ever going to thank him for it, but he'll do it because he doesn't want to watch like half a million people die. Um, and I think he'll I think he'll stop Cersei. Because at this point, Cersei has no army, she has no forces, everybody's up in rebellion or declaring independence against her. Hell, two of the great houses have already hopped over and brought ships to uh, Daenerys. The season ends, actually, you see uh, Dornish and Martell ships in Daenerys' fleet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they actually they have like the the sails for like the symbol of Dorne, the symbol of the Tyrells, um, but so she Cersei has no troops. The only card she has in her deck at this point is to burn different parts of the city to stop other people from getting control of it. Yeah, and the last time that somebody used fire just to burn people, uh, it was Jamie that kind of like ended it. So yeah, it would kind of make sense. Yeah. Also, man, that guy can't leave King's Landing. Because every time he leaves, something terrible happens. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to just stay. Yeah, can you imagine him coming back from the Twins? He's like, all right, I got a lot done. Hopefully, you know, the Freys have, they're still holding on to River Run. And then he gets here, oh, what do I miss? God damn it. Well, I mean, he did in this episode, and he kind of did. Like, <laughs> was like, uh, why are things burning? Yeah. And then she had, like, her Emperor Palpatine walk down the aisle. Oh yeah, she she had the coolest evil villain outfit I've seen. Yeah, she like straight up made her Sith robes. Oh, but also, uh, Tommen's death was heartbreaking. I felt really bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, just like. Man, that guy just wanted to play with Sir Pounce. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. Well, uh, all, oh, all he just... all he wanted to do is he wanted to be a good person. He wanted to have sex with Marjorie, and he wanted to play with his cat. And to which Cersei was like, how dare you? And literally burned basically the Game of Thrones version of the Vatican. She she blew up the Vatican. A little bit. A lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot. Like, there were just blocks blown up. Well, I think uh, wildfire is similar to napalm, where it it just keeps burning. It'll burn in water, you know? Um and uh and so it's it's magic fire basically so it's but yeah a fantastic episode i loved it and then so that yeah this is where i think i think it's going i think jamie's going to be the one to take her down so that way she doesn't burn down the rest of the city 
Yep, very likely. And then he'll be two for two for killing monarchs. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep that record. Slay up. Well, yeah, and Frey, Frey chides him. He's like, oh, we're both Kingslayers. And I know what Jamie was thinking. He's like, well, crap, I got to beat Frey's record. We can't. I got to be the Kingslayer. I can't be a co-slayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't can't share this title with anyone. Yep. Uh, well, and also, I guess we're past talking about, like, super spoiler alerts, but also uh, Jon Snow is now King of the North, and it looks like the Vale at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and Littlefinger didn't look happy about that. Like, he lost his power, like, right there. I think I think he wanted Sansa to quarrel with Jon and to keep them busy so he could take more power. Yeah. Littlefinger only... People only turn to Littlefinger to give him power when chaos prevents other people from, from assuming the roles. Yeah. So if, if as long as everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, Littlefinger doesn't really have a leg to stand on. Pretty much. All yeah. right. So, yeah, that is... Uh, that's our week, this guys. Uh, this week, guys. Uh, this God, that is not gonna go go away, is it? He's gonna add a gong sound in in the show too. Yeah. Like. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah. Probably. Most definitely going to. Actually, we'll put up a poll. Since... <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. That one is, no, that one is not going up. I'm putting up a poll. Ryan's salty that we he got his name his cat name show, show enough. Show enough. We'll see how many people like the gong. Thumbs up or thumbs down the gong. Thumbs down. So we'll know where that thumb came from. Joe's oh. ass. Well, today is <laughs> July 4th, uh, 2016. Uh, this is episode 3 of Astronauts Anonymous. Bring you nerdy news one step at a time. Vit, you want to bring us out? Yeah, Astronauts Anonymous. We have concerning <laughs> concerns. <laughs> see you all next week. Have a good night.